The information you want, the information you need on your Tri-Cities Morning News. Good Thursday to you, October 28th. This is the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear on the Tri-Cities Morning News weekdays on News Radio 610 KONA. I'm Derek Maselli. Alongside me is Glenn Vaughan, and we'll get right to it with some of our regional news for Oregon and Washington State. An apparent illegal horse racing ring shut down after a search warrant was served at a horse track in the Burbank area this week. It is a, a good-sized case. It's been a years-long investigation. Um, as far as being broken wide open, we are still in the middle of it. Walla Walla County Sheriff uh, Deputy Richard Sharm says it took two years to reach this point. You can see pictures of this week's bust by visiting our Facebook page. Remember to search News Radio 610 KONA. Lock your car doors and hide your guns. Kennewick police say over 30 guns have been stolen from inside unoccupied cars so far this year. A KPD Facebook post actually had the information. Uh, Officials say that there were 33 guns taken in 30 separate prowling incidents. Vehicles were not properly locked in 93% of those reported incidents. Authorities say unlocked vehicles are basically an open invite for theft and other crimes of opportunity. Richland bus drivers, mechanics, and other transportation staff gathered to demonstrate outside of the Richland School District Transportation Building yesterday. The group primarily consisted of employees represented by the public schools employees of Washington SEIU local union branch. The goal was to raise awareness over the value of their service and demand pay from the district. If you need a job, Catholic Healthcare held a job fair yesterday at the Richland Community Center. Why? First things first, it has nothing to do with the mandate, has nothing to do with any people leaving the organization from any of those restrictions or anything like that put in place. The health provider looking for more uh, face-to-face approach at the event. We've been doing virtual events over the course of the last two years, and they're just not the same. When I got here, I wanted to make sure and pivot and see if we can do it safely with COVID and actually have a human connection. There's another Cadillac event going on in Walla Walla later today. One family out of their home after a blaze burned their house to the ground. Fire crews arrived on scene at North 20th Avenue in Yakima Tuesday night. They found flames shooting into the air, actually forcing nearby power lines to arc and fall. Crews said the growth of the blaze was so fast, it actually outpaced their efforts to fight it. The house said to be gone, so are the contents inside. No one hurt, but the fire did threaten neighboring homes for a time. Damage is said to be around $275,000. Greg Neft, News Radio 610 KONA. A man accused of killing two people in Old Town, Portland, has admitted that he used meth hours before the murders. Court documents show Michael Van Domlin was high inside an apartment on Northwest 6th Avenue near Everett Street before he shot and killed both people. He then left the apartment before returning when a witness called police to check to see what happened. The big twist here? Police say the victims were friends of the suspect. Authorities have arrested two teenagers and are searching for three more in connection to the robbery of a 15-year-old boy over in Auburn. Police say the girls, girls lured the victim into their car Monday and drove him to the promenade apartments where three teen boys were waiting. Once there, the group allegedly robbed the victim, stripped him of his clothing, all while filming the attack. The teens managed to escape and call the teen rather managed to escape and then call police. He worked for the New York Times as a columnist for 40 years. 
And yesterday, Nicholas Kristof running for governor of Oregon as a Democrat, but with a slightly different point of view. I've come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, we can't solve these problems as a state if we continue to send the same kind of people to Salem to try to address problems that they help foster. That's Kristoff talking to KGW-TV in Portland. Coming up, a conversation with NBC's Rory O'Neill on the Kona News Podcast. This is the Kona News Podcast brought to you by News Radio 610 KONA in the Washington Tri-Cities Market. Derek Maselli and Glenn Vaughan talking with NBC's Rory O'Neill about now the rising energy costs here across the country. Rory, it's something that Americans have been talking about for quite some time, and now it looks like lawmakers are going to start talking about this. The increase in our energy costs over the last couple of months, it's not just gasoline. No, and these Republican senators are essentially taking advantage of all the Democrat disarray as they can't even come together on these spending plans. Uh, So the Republicans are saying, hey, look, if you want to spend all this extra money, that's naturally going to cause inflation. Now we've already seen the higher gas prices, and we're looking at a winter with extreme increases for natural gas, home heating oil, even propane and electric, depending on how you heat your home. So Uh, The Republican senators are saying, look, we're listening to the American people uh, who are really going to be hurting when uh, these these heating bills arrive. Well, that's exactly the thing, Rory, is the American people are the ones that seem to be taking the brunt of this. But why does it seem that nobody is still able to accomplish a a whole lot here on the national scene? Uh, It's something that we've been talking about for months now. Ah, Well, inflation is on the rise. Uh, Well, these things are going to we know that it's coming. We know that it's been happening. But what are some of the, the matters that are being done to try and curb this inflation right now? Yeah, well, so there's not a whole heck of a lot on the energy front. Uh, you know, the, the Republican senators say that Biden policies like killing the Keystone XL pipeline and suspending drilling leases on federal land, that's reducing the global oil supply and that's having upward pressure. But, you know, we are still recovering from the pandemic. OPEC nations are not you know, responding by increasing their output, largely because they lost a lot of money last year during the pandemic. So they're trying to make their money back. Uh, So they're going to be slow to resume production and enjoy it as oil, you know, tops $80 a barrel again. So Rory, um, Republicans, like you said, are laying out their argument why the administration is uh, making a bad situation worse. What is the administration saying? What are they doing to try to help the American public who's paying more for gasoline? They're going to be paying more to heat their home You know, a lot of uh, really pie-in-the-sky kind of ideas are nice, but when my pocketbook is impacted, that's when I take note. Well, right, and they're also the, the timing of this is not coincidental. They're doing it just as the president is about to attend that international climate change summit in Glasgow, where clearly, you know, fossil fuels will be described as the boogeyman and the evil, but it's something that Americans need for the next three months, right, as, as we try to push through winter. So, uh, you know... You could talk about it in the abstract at these kind of conferences, but when people are looking at their natural gas bill going up 30 percent, their propane bill going up 54 percent, or their home heating bill going up 43 percent, uh, you know that's real money, and that, and that's what's going to hurt uh, this administration. 
Well, and it seems everything is so interconnected, Roy. Not to digress too much from the topic here, but a lot of this really seems to tie into there's so much talk about the social spending bill and what Democrats are doing. You mentioned the divisiveness among them. Do you real quickly have any update on what's going on with the Biden administration and maybe how some of this uh, watered-down, build-back-better conversation is going as it might pertain to some of these inflation costs or even energy? Right. It looks like they may have brokered a deal, at least on a framework. President Biden is going to speak to the nation in a couple of hours. But the Build Back Better plan, the reconciliation, human infrastructure, whatever name you want to give it, it's about half the size of what was originally originally proposed. So we're talking about one point seven five trillion ish. <laughs> but that'll cover, they think, universal preschool and subsidized child care caps. And it'll only give a one year extension for that child tax credit which they have wanted to make permanent. but uh, So there are some uh, objectives met in this, but a much shorter time frame. You know, essentially, uh, they're just going to pay for things for a year or two when originally they wanted this to pay for at least 10 years, if not permanently. So, Rory, uh, is the administration looking at this as, as a win? I mean, because obviously a lot of promises were made, not only from the administration, but a lot of progressive Democrats, and it looks like some of those are not meeting those expectations. Well, right. First of all, yes, they are going to move the goalposts and declare a win. But, uh, you know, but there's things like extending the Affordable Care Act subsidies. Instead of making them permanent four years or uh, allowing to cover the cost of hearing aids, well, Bernie Sanders wanted it to include dental and vision as well. Dental apparently is the most expensive part of that. But if they'll settle for hearing aids, you know, they'll call it an incremental success. All right, NBC's Rory O'Neill, thank you so much for joining us right here on the Tri-Cities Morning News. It's the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of the Tri-Cities Morning News on News Radio 610 KONA. Time for today's assortment of national and international headlines. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Vaughan. A flight attendant's nose broken. She says she was punched by a passenger who allegedly refused to wear a mask. American Flight 96 en route to Southern California from New York diverted to Denver after the altercation. Mackenzie Rose, another passenger on board, says the man punched a flight attendant and broke her nose after he was asked to wear a mask. In terms of men hitting women, it's absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Fists and violence is never the way. In a statement, American Airlines says it's outraged by what happened on board, will work with law enforcement and pursue prosecution. Dave Packer, ABC News. Investigators in New Mexico say more on how a live bullet made its way into a prop gun that killed a filmmaker last week. They'll determine whether charges will be filed. ABC's Andrew Dimebert has the latest on that. New evidence in the Alec Baldwin movie set shooting is revealing potential safety violations. I think there was some complacency on this set. And uh, I think there are some safety issues that need to be addressed by the industry. Authorities confirm a Colt 45 handed to Baldwin was loaded with a live bullet before it went off, killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injuring the movie's director, Joel Souza, who was just spotted publicly in California for the first time since the shooting. Again, ABC's Andrew Dimebert with the latest details on that. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill expected to grill top oil executives on what they might have known about their products uh, contributing to climate change. ABC's Faith Abube says executives from Shell, BP, ExxonMobil, and Chevron will testify before the House Oversight Committee about what Democrats are calling a decade-long campaign 
of misinformation. Lawmakers claim that though the companies have acknowledged the negative environmental impact and promised to change, that they've barely invested in greener energy. In 2010, Shell made a pledge to transform into a net zero emissions energy business by 2050 or sooner. And yet, according to the documents released from the company, little action took place. Once again, that was ABC's Faith Abube. After mounting pressure from European and U.S. leaders, Iran getting more specific on when it'll return to talks on salvaging the 2015 nuclear deal. Those talks with world powers stalled back in June when Iran claimed it had to swear in its new president before continuing. The Biden administration, which is an indirect party to all of those conversations, offering up a deal based on mutual full compliance. Iran must return to the limits imposed on its suspected nuclear weapons program, and the U.S. will lift sanctions. That's the deal, but who will go first remains the sticking point on that. ABC's Jordana Miller reports from Jerusalem. For the first time, Iran setting a timeline for its return to the nuclear talks. That just days after Secretary of State Antony Blinken warned the window for diplomacy was closing. Iran's chief nuclear negotiator, Ali Bagheri Khani, tweeting Tehran will resume negotiating, quote, before the end of November, though he did not give a date. The White House cautiously saying it'll wait for confirmation from European partners. It remains unclear if Iran's new hardline president will honor the agreements already reached after six rounds of previous talks in Vienna, or if he'll demand significant changes. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. Have you noticed how much chicken prices have gone up? Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson sure has. The reason is because 19 of these companies got together and broke the law by agreeing to raise prices and then fix those prices. In other words, no more competition. No, it's not just your imagination, according to Ferguson. Their internal emails say we need to keep the discipline on this price fixing because they know if somebody breaks away and says, hey, let's try to undercut the market, it all falls apart. Ferguson adds that he expects Washingtonians will see millions of dollars paid in fees and fines from those producers. He says federal vaccine mandates are going to impact a good chunk of Hanford's workforce. And now one Washington congressman offering an alternative in the form of a bill. A permissible science-based exception from President Biden's recent executive order. Congressman Dan Newhouse says his bill would allow those affected to offer proof of natural coronavirus antibodies in lieu of vaccine proof. It's not likely to go far in the U.S. House, however. Washington health officials are responding to recent comments on vaccinations made by Spokane County Sheriff Ozzy Knezovich. Last week, Sheriff Knezovich said he was attempting to recruit new deputies from other departments that have implemented a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Knezovich says his office will not require vaccinations well, the State Department of Health says the sheriff does not have a full understanding of the science, noting that data overwhelmingly shows vaccinated people are uh, far less likely to become infected, which interrupts chains of transmission. On the topic of vaccines, Washington state health officials say they're preparing after the FDA's advisory committee gave the okay for a small-dose Pfizer vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. We've already started planning to ensure vaccines will be available to Washington as soon as they're authorized and recommended. Assistant Secretary of Health Michelle Roberts says vaccine rollout could begin as early as next week if approved by both the CDC and the Western State Scientific Safety Review Work Group. The board for Portland Public Schools will delay its planned vote on a possible COVID-19 vaccine requirement for students. 
The board meeting was moved online earlier this week after several people in attendance refused to wear masks. The district superintendent says the scheduled vote will take place on November 16th, two weeks later than it was scheduled to be. Tuesday night's meeting was intended to discuss possible exemption options for students and a framework of how PPS would implement their policy. If we take a look at the COVID situation in Oregon right now, the health authority confirmed 16 new deaths from COVID-19 yesterday. That raises the state's total throughout the course of the pandemic to 4,334. The agency also reported 1,360 new cases of COVID and 12 new hospitalizations from the virus. There are currently 554 people hospitalized with COVID statewide. Portland's TriMet will start using renewable diesel in its fixed-route buses later this year. The Public Transportation Agency is the largest user of diesel in Oregon. Renewable diesel costs about $0.09 cents more per gallon than standard diesel. It's made from natural fats and contains nearly no fossil fuels. If you have a hankering to put those studded tires on a little early this year, here's a tip from the Washington State Department of Transportation. Don't. The agency says you'll have to wait until November 1st or risk a $137 ticket. You can also wait a little before you go somewhere. If you don't feel confident in either your driving skills or your vehicle, there's no shame in just delaying your travel until the weather clears up. That's always an option and and one that I don't know that everyone always remembers when they're focused on getting somewhere on a certain time. Barbara LeBeau says studs are no replacement for chains either, and every winter passes get closed because many drivers rely too much on their tires and end up spinning out. There's been another installment of the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear weekday mornings on the Tri-Cities Morning News. Make sure you listen in regularly for all this, plus the extra content that you don't hear in the podcast, such as BT Trivia, additional news stories and interviews. Derek Maselli saying thanks for listening.